The Flinders Fringe Festival story started over a cup of coffee. It's humble beginnings culminating in a truly successful first year thanks to a magical combination of creativity, passion and generosity. This episode we hear from Melissa Jackson, Festival Director, and Claire Thorne, Festival Convener. They take us on the journey of Flinders Fringe and introduce us to percussionist Paul Grage and artist Josh Searle, both showcasing work at the Flinders Fringe. They chat about the importance of logistics and volunteers, the beauty of where it's held in Flinders, and of course, celebrating and promoting local creators. Here's Melissa, Claire, Paul and Josh. Fringe Festival started um, through a sort of chance meeting between Claire and myself. I was at an event at the Flinders Bowls Club with Dolly Diamond and it was sort of a cabaret evening and Claire stood up at the end and sort of thanked everyone for coming and then suggested that she was looking at doing a cabaret festival in Flinders and was there anyone around who might like to help? And I thought, oh, that sort of, you know, could float my boat. So... Um, I introduced myself to Claire at the end of the evening and a week later we had a coffee and over that chat the Flinders Fringe Festival was born. I, I just thought maybe we'd have maybe about 15 events. We'd use the village of Flinders as the, as the location but use maybe the bowls club, the golf club. Um, yeah, and a, a weekend and quite diverse but initially I had thought it would just be cabaret but then someone had suggested if you call it Fringe you can just do whatever you like and so that had a lot of appeal. It also opened up to visual arts, not just performing arts, which I guess is something we decided when chatting more about what what it should be was an important factor too. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just delightful. It was just a chance meeting and, my God, a week later we were off and running. Fortunately, Claire's a very good administrator, mm-hmm. um, not too bad with ideas and wrangling of people yeah. and acts and favours of friends. So I guess initially, yeah, we were calling in favours. I mean, I have a background in in some aspect of (laughs) performance and music. And um, I guess we sort of started started there. Yeah. And we put out an expression of interest. And of course, the very first person to send us an expression of interest was the lovely Paul Grage. So how delightful it is that he's part of this. And Paul's with us today. It was very (laughs) exciting to see (laughs) advertised. So, Paul, what made you um, reply to the expression of interest? Well, I was looking for opportunities to perform and also I wanted to stretch out from being a sort of a sideman into developing my own material and ideas and uh, this seemed like a wonderful opportunity. Because obviously Claire and I hadn't met you before, Paul, and so we met at the lovely Plonk and Stink, which was our wine bar slash headquarters for first festival <laughs> and um, we met Paul over a drink but we didn't actually know what you looked like. Do you remember that? <laughs> and people kept walking in and Claire and I were like, do you think that's him? Do you think that's him? <laughs> and then we saw this long hair and went, yeah, this guy looks like a muso, must be him. I think it worked out in the end. It took a while for them to get rid of us. Uh, uh, yeah, I think we were the last, last to leave but as it usual. Was, it was a brilliant meeting because, in fact, it was Paul who... Um, put us in touch with uh, Ian Cumming, who was the puppet artist who created the spectacular mirror dance, which opened the festival last year, which was just truly extraordinary. So 
what was a little idea about having one puppet that represented Weedy Sea Dragon turn into this extraordinary event which attracted about 600 people to the golf club. Didn't it? And 100 performers. Yeah, more than 100 performers. Children's performers. And giant puppets that were 10 metres long and 3 metres high. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And the community choir and a five-piece band and featured by Kutcher Edwards. It doesn't get much better than that. (laughs) Or does it? For 2024, my friends. Well, Well, onwards and upwards, isn't it? There's lots of exciting things on the make. tried to think about logistics because we did get, uh, we had a lot of moving parts last year and um, we were trying to utilise a lot of venues and I think we used a total of 13 venues. So because we're volunteer led and run, um, we had a lot of volunteers that were uh, tearing their hair out. So this year we tried to organise the program logistically to use or feature three central hubs. So the hotel, Flinders Hotel, uh, who are a major sponsor being one um, hub and also St John's Church Grounds. So we've tried to make the majority of, of events or performances or exhibitions in those three areas with just some offshoots, so the Bowls Club and the Golf Club as an offshoot events as well. We did try to scale back and have less performances and events, but I think we've stayed pretty much the same as last time, Claire, have we not? Yeah, I mean, people have said to us, do you want to make it bigger and better and... We didn't want to make it bigger. We wanted to stick with our sort of core principle of uh, acknowledging, supporting our local creatives and that's um, that's really where we've landed. And also um, um, exposing the beauty of Flinders to people who perhaps haven't visited. Um, yeah. And, I mean, look, the fabulous thing is that we do have the hotel and one of the gorgeous things about the hotel is we're, we're fully utilising it and now we've got Josh Joshua Searle, our resident um, artist who is not only staging his fab- fabulous exhibition Stolen Gold but um, is also um, will be undertaking a street art workshop which will see the walls, the outside walls of the motel covered in protest po- uh, I was going to say protest poems but protest posters um, so, Josh, it's so exciting to have you as part of the festival and you've also got an exhibition at Cook Street Collective as well. Yeah, it's it's a pleasure to be a part of the Fringe Festival. Um, another amazing kind of chance meeting, I guess, from Nadine, who mm. you happened to be taking to the airport one morning and mentioned me or gave you my number or something and then from that we are presenting these two major bodies of work with this massive public collaborative artwork that we're creating. So... It's been really wonderful to get to know Flinders quite intimately through this journey and feel really part of the Flinders Township and community. So, yeah, really excited to um, see this kind of community work be created and also the to present these two new bodies of work that have been yeah, a long time coming and very excited to see the response, which is, I mean just released the pre-sale catalogue the other day and the response has been ecstatic already, which is very exciting. Yeah, so it's exciting for us to have both Paul and uh, Josh as part of the festival because they're both um, peninsula-born and bred, yeah. um, very committed. I was going to say, I guess we can touch on the mission there from the start. It was um, to really promote artists in 
in the Mornington Peninsula, either living in or closely connected to the Mornington Peninsula as our sort of first base or first port of call in terms of programming, but also being on the fringe of Melbourne, bringing artists from further afield into the township of Flinders so that our residents there have access to things that they may not ordinarily be able to see unless they travel outside of the region. So it's sort of got this double-edged connection of bringing people in but also giving the people in the area the opportunities, as, as Paul said. Yeah, it's like it's something growing up, I grew up on the peninsula with nothing kind of like the fringe existing and as my career's kind of grown and doing a lot of work in Melbourne and Sydney and kind of around the country, it's been, always been a thing to want to develop like the local art scene where we are and to see the fringe doing such an amazing job, it was just a privilege to be a part of that. And watch that grow and just kind of like bring the things that you want instead of going somewhere else and doing the things that you want, bringing them into the place that you grew up. Yeah, it's an amazing kind of mission statement, I guess, and it's proving to come across incredibly well. And it's kind of exciting because um, you you went to Rosebud Secondary, didn't you? And um, we've actually um, we've got some young people who are currently at Rosebud Secondary who are going to be performing on one of our stages on Saturday. Um, performing their own music. Wonderful. So we're not only giving um, you an opportunity, but um, some even more emerging artists, local artists and performers. Um, so we're, we're pretty excited about that. And that comes through the Morning to Potential Foundation and their support as well. It's so good as a local artist to get the opportunity to connect with your own community and to tell local stories, especially tell them anew to give new perspectives on on how you see your locale, your environment, your community. And, and that, that's a really wonderful kind of opportunity to be offered. And the Fringe does that so well. <laughs> and it also, I think it also, a lot of people have said, why the Fringe? What does Fringe mean? So... You know, for one thing, yes, we're on the, the the fringe of Melbourne. We're also on the fringe of Frankston, which is probably the next closest um, performing arts hub, I would say. Um, but also uh, the nature of a fringe festival is it gives artists the opportunity to present new work or test new work in terms of content and so forth. So I'm really interested to chat to Paul also about his new work uh, that's being presented. Tell us about your work, Paul. Well, we've got a new performing group that we've essentially formed for this festival called the Mornington Improv Collective. And the idea is that we will do performances of improvised music on the peninsula and possibly further afield. And when I say we, it's with my good friend Anne Norman, who is a shakuhachi player which is the Japanese bamboo flute. She's uh, world-renowned and has toured internationally and um, is highly regarded um, a, a proponent of the, of the shakuhachi. And uh, she has been looking for more performance opportunities locally and we both decided that we wanted to develop those opportunities but also see if we can... Um, enlarge the music scene here too so it's not just about us which is why we've called it a collective um, we'll get other people involved and for this particular performance we've asked Ria Samajo who's an Indonesian uh, singer 
to join us and we've got two shows on the Saturday. The first one is uh, going to be on the foreshore of Flinders, um, not far from the pier. And Paul, can you tell us why it's called Leave Only Footprints and Echoes? Leave Only Footprints and Echoes because the idea is that we're going to do a bit of a meditation to greet the sun and to connect with our environment, continuing on that theme of um, creating story and thinking about where we are and um, what our connection is to where we are. Um, and it will ostensibly it'll be all new music. It'll be new ideas that we've put, put together for that. I really don't know what Ria and... Um, Tell us about your percussion, your, your element of percussion, which is your speciality. So as a percussionist, I sort of range across a whole variety of different instruments. Often I play drum kit, but that wouldn't be really suitable at the crack of dawn. <laughs> On the foreshore. <laughs> at the foreshore. And is there a mystery element to this performance? Is the idea that uh, if you buy your ticket to leave only footprints and echoes for the uh, Saturday morning show that you could receive a text message to find out what beach and what time exactly to be because it's timed with sunrise or is this we not true? We know the time of sunrise. Um, the trick for us has been locating the performance for the weather conditions. So we know that um, Flinders is kind of, it's the end of the peninsula and it's quite exposed and there are several wind directions and states of weather that would just wipe us out. Um, the shakuhachi I mentioned before, you need a lot of air to push through it, but it's still a very gentle sound. And Anne explains that if the wind is blowing against the mouthpiece, it just obliterates her sound. Right. We've got a backup venue. Okay. I thought you were going to say we've got a backup flute. <laughs> if things don't work out there, but um, I've been going down at dawn uh, to that area and just noting the conditions um, according to the weather on that particular day and areas and spots that will work. And that will inform us as to the exact place that we meet on the day. So when you book, leave your details and uh, 18 hours roughly beforehand, we'll give you the exact location, meeting point and confirm the time. to be grateful to the um, to the Mornington Peninsula Shire because um, you've received funding um, through the performing is it the performing arts development grant program that sounds correct yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Josh also received some funding for his work through that grant and we have too and that's certainly been responsible for um, enabling us to produce Seawall's Howl which is our our big production which celebrates the um, the life of the Mount Martha Seawolves. Yeah. Will... Yeah, incredible to see the willingness of the Mornington Peninsula Shire to support the Fringe and support this kind of growing arts culture on the Mornington Peninsula. Yeah, great enthusiasm. We're very grateful for that. And um, Josh, can I can you talk us through the process for your workshop or how you envisage um, your workshop happening? Yeah, 
Of course. So the the concept here is when we're making a large public work, um, we've the kind of concept here is we're using paste-ups, so it's going to be almost like protest posters where we're using a design of mine, which is a traditional Colombian face mask, a funerary golden face mask that kind of echoes a lot of the work that I do with this Latin American artefacts. And so we, we'll be spray-painting them onto these paper, onto this wallpaper, or I don't know exactly what the paper we've got, um, to make these beautiful stencils, which we'll then paste up and over the entire the wall, the entirety of the wall. So it will be a really interesting kind of, again, leaning into like graffiti style, but also like the idea of creating protest posters, which is a big common thing, these quick paste-ups, you know, for the anti-Vietnam and all these kind of um, progressive kind of protests. So kind of drawing from that and teaching people a bit of skills to do it themselves and then to create this beautiful kind of public work. It'll be hopefully a kind of chaotic um, workshop kind of thing going on, a chaotic assembly line maybe, if you will, and we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, the idea, I guess, there would be Love it. slightly overlapping kind of collage to create this pattern that will kind of replicate throughout the wall. So if there's anyone out there listening that, that likes a bit of spray paint action and a bit of uh, chaotic creativity, Josh's workshop's for you. All ages, yeah. yeah. Is there an age limit for the young um, ones? Yeah, the younger ones, I would say probably like five to eight. Anything lower than that's probably a bit hard just, to manage. They can't really. It's a bit dangerous. Well, they just can't physically kind of hold a spray paint can or a broom. Like, but yeah, really excited. And I think we also organised um, that each participant will get to take home a copy for themselves on a slightly thicker paint on a slightly thicker piece of paper. Sure, terrific. I think it's official you're the artist in residence yeah. this this fringe festival yeah, Josh yeah, yeah, yeah. tell us about the brunch how do you see that unfolding I know it's a discussion with uh, Danny Lacey and Emily McCulloch so tell us about your relationship with them and how uh, this came about so well I think it started really this whole thing started as just a little conversation between me and Claire and then Claire was like what well, could you do maybe some more things and I was like sure and then now we've gone to I think something on almost every day of the fringe maybe every day um, but the brunch specifically, that would be a really interesting um, conversation. Emily McCulloch Childs was the curator of Stolen Gold, these exhibitions, um, and Danny Lacey, the director of the Mornington Peninsula Regional Gallery, who's had a lot to do with the kind of creation of Stolen Gold and my work in general over the past few years. So, would you call Danny a bit of a mentor, Josh? Yeah, Danny's certainly been a mentor to me and all-round good best mate, I reckon, these days, catching up a lot and, like, yeah, going to a lot of shows together and, you know, talking about art and the work and where it's leading and what direction. And I think, yeah, not just generally doing everything you can to help. <laughs> which is <laughs> So it really might lovely. be a cosy discussion between you guys that if you buy a ticket, you can be privy to. Yeah, and I think also the staff is putting on, like, a Colombian-themed brunch as well, so sit down, have something to eat and we'll kind of yeah, get into a lot of my kind of work and especially what we've been presenting over the fringe. And representing your heritage, of course, with the Colombian connection. Yeah, well, stolen gold is really, it's a big reference to like the artefacts and the gold stolen from colonisation. But also then we're talking on the other side and what was more personal gold, I feel, you know, has been lost or taken from these colonising processes.
last year, obviously there were teething problems and obviously we uh, received feedback. Um, but I really feel that the program is pretty diverse and if you can't find something that meets your, your needs and your price point and gives you a great experience, um, then perhaps you need to take another look or, yes, <laughs> go <laughs> go to the beach, ride a wave, I don't know. But um, it is something we've tried to create a mix and I was saying from an artistic director's point of view the challenge is to take off my own um, blinkers, if you like, and, and stand back from my own preferences and tastes to present something that I hope um, the whole community will get something out of something on the program. And I think what we're really proud about is supporting our local creative economy economy as well. And and last year, you know, more than 80% of the ticket sales went back into our creative economy. So, And we were able to pay all our artists. <laughs> So, you know, that's a, that's a miracle. But we have been supported by some very generous local donors and, um, and that does help a lot. So um, we're very grateful for both um, people who have wanted to partner with us or people who have just said, please, just accept this. We don't need recognition. We just want you to succeed. And that's been, you know, truly extraordinary. And I guess, yeah, this was the other reason that we got off the ground. So as we said right at the beginning of this chat, you know, we started over a cup of coffee, but actually none of it would have been possible without two key donations that allowed us actually to get our ticketing system, get our website, become get our insurance, become an incorporated not-for-profit yeah. um, entity. And, yeah, without their support, actually none of this um, would have happened. So we can't thank them enough and they like to remain anonymous. So we'll we'll leave it that way. <laughs> but um, and look, if you're looking to donate and you want to support the festival, please <laughs> go to our website. We have a support us um, section. We also have a friends program that you can become a friend of the Flinders Fringe Festival. Um, or you can make a donation. No, it doesn't matter how big or, or small. Or you can just buy lots of tickets. That would be fantastic as well. <laughs> yeah. That's the most rewarding Tickets, way. the yeah. best the way. Thing, yep. Thanks for listening. Head to flindersfringe.com.au for tickets and program details.